What an awesome privilege to share the Word of God today uh, with a beautiful group of people. I can tell you this, um, extra hours sleep did you really well. <laughs> you look good today. Um, and uh, it's great to be together in the house of the Lord again, this shivery cold weather. Uh, but hey, I, I don't like daylight savings time other than the first day. I do like that extra hour of sleep. But after that, you, you could have it. Uh, I don't care for it. But hey, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And uh, so we're going to kick off this new sermon series, Count It. And uh, we, we um, you know, I wasn't going to even do this. But Pastor Chris brought it up. This old, old song. I don't know if I even remember the words part of it. But when, when upon life's billows we are tempted, tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So if you're kind of down and out, uh, just start counting your blessings. As we begin this series, just start counting them, and uh, you'll be surprised uh, what God has done. What I plan to do today is just introduce the series, kind of a broad overview And uh, then over the next two or three weeks, Pastor Chris is going to draw down and kind of zero in on some of the particulars that are found in our text that we're going to look at today. So our text is actually Psalm 103, and it's a passage that is really uh, dear to my heart, and uh, I'm just going to let you remain seated uh, for a bit. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, use the first two or three verses as an introduction to this introduction. Um, And then I'll ask you to stand a little bit later as we read the rest of the chapter. But the psalmist David starts by saying, Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now we notice right away that in verse 1, David is talking to himself. He's not the only one that's ever done that, right? I dare say all of us at some time have talked to ourselves and uh, likely blessed ourselves, not blessed ourselves, but blessed ourselves out over something foolish that we've done. You're like, oh, Don, how could you do something so stupid? You know, what, what were you thinking? That's why you weren't thinking. And so we talk to ourselves sometimes. And so here's David, Uh, he's conversing with himself, and it's somewhat like a soliloquy. He's got this monologue addressed to himself, and he's speaking out loud his thoughts. And so we get the opportunity to listen in on what David is thinking. And so he is encouraging himself to do something. He urges his soul, that is, his mind and his heart, uh, his mental powers, his moral powers, that part of him that's capable of understanding and appreciating God's favors, he's urging that to express praise for God's goodness. The soul of man was made to praise and bless God. Our soul was made to enjoy his presence 
and his fellowship, to delight in God and all of his goodness. And so David exhorts his soul to bless the Lord, meaning to praise the Lord with a grateful heart and strong affection toward him. And then so passionate is David in regarding this praise that he urges all that is within me to give this praise, to participate. All of his powers, all of his faculties, his heart, his will, his affections, his emotions, no part of him exempt from offering that praise to God. And then in verse 2, David repeats the instruction to himself to bless the Lord. And then he adds, and forget not all his benefits. Now, we don't really need to ask why David would include that reminder. Because we're all prone or inclined to forget, aren't we? Quickly and easily. This past week, Linda and I were headed home I think from the gym, <clears throat> and yeah, so uh, <laughs> that, that's really exciting, you know. <laughs> warrants the lighting effects, um, so we, we were on our way home, and I said, now remind me, when we get close to the store, we need to stop, because we need to get something that uh, we needed to go with our dinner tonight, and so, okay, so we're approaching the store, we're getting close. And traffic slowed down almost to a stop. And we were finally able to carefully study a sign off to the side of the road that we had been passing by and looking at and trying to read several times. So now we have this opportunity to study it. And so we finally figure out what that sign said. Well, a few minutes later on, I'm turning the car around, and Linda says, where are you going? I said, I'm going back to the store. We were sailing fast. (laughs) We so easily get distracted, don't we? we? We forget at times to thank God, to praise him, to bless him for all that we have. And so we get distracted with our jobs, it's sometimes hard to walk off the job and, and turn it all off. And so we've we're got this going through our mind that distracts us. Uh, our kids and with their school and their sports and all their activities. And I wouldn't call them distractions, but, but they do distract, don't they, at times. And so we have commitments throughout the week. And we have television. We have all these activities. And we find ourselves easily forgetting the benefits, the blessings, and the things that we should praise God for. God lavishes every day tremendous blessings upon us. And it's incumbent upon us to not forget those things. So Thanksgiving is a season to remember, uh, to count your blessings, uh, great ones, small ones, count it. Just count it. They're all important. Count those. So David counts his blessings, and he, and he names them in a list. And I'm going to read them in just a few moments, but I want to comment just on a couple of those. 
And I'm going to leave, leave most of this chapter for Pastor Chris to discuss. And I'm looking forward to that, by the way. But first on David's list in verse 3 is who forgives all your iniquity. Now I would imagine David lists this first because of its, of its supreme importance. Pardoned sin offered to the mercy and the grace of God prepares us to enjoy all the benefits. It gets us ready by removing all the hindrances to enjoying his blessings and benefits. You can't praise and bless God for pardoning all your sins until first you receive forgiveness. And so it's primary. He forgives all of our diseases. And then only then can we know the forgiveness of sin and, and healing and redemption and satisfaction and, and all the other benefits that he gives us. And I'm so glad that he forgives all our sins. And notice that that verb is in the present tense. It's not that he forgave us at some point and, and then just stopped, but it's an ongoing blessing. Thank God for that. Not just a one-time action, but every time he forgives us. And it's for all of our sins. Now, I just want you to know today, there is not one sin, not any sin that you have committed that exceeds the grace of God. He will forgive you all your sins. Amen. Thank God for that. Just repent of it. Confess it to him. Trust him by his grace to forgive you. And I stated earlier that this psalm is especially dear to my heart. And it's the next part of that verse that is one of the reasons who heals all your diseases. I'm so grateful for that. 14 or 15 years ago now, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, lymphoma. And during the entire process of that ordeal, that awful disease, I read and meditated upon this passage of scripture throughout the entire thing. What a tremendous passage. And it increased my faith and it, it encouraged me uh, to realize that, hey, God heals all my diseases. God blesses in all these other ways as well. And I'm glad that, that there were medical doctors and there were procedures that God used in, in part. But I praise him for my healing today. And what a benefit that is. And so the psalmist declares all praise should be offered to the one who heals all our diseases. Now, the rest of the benefits in this chapter, I'm just going to read. And uh, as I do, in just a moment, notice the repetition of the phrase, steadfast love. Steadfast love. And the other phrase, those who fear him. All right? Let's stand together, if you don't mind, in reverence to his word. And uh, I'm just going to read the rest of this amazing chapter with all the wonderful benefits so David says, bless the Lord, all my being, bless him, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pits. If your life is the pits, he redeems you from that. Who crowns you with steadfast love, 
and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, thank God, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. One translation says form. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to our grandchildren, children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And then he calls upon other beings to join him in his praise. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, all creation in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, I'm going to bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you'd like. Certainly, God's steadfast or faithful love is a prominent theme that I urge you to contemplate. I urge you to meditate upon that this week. God loves you. And the condition attached to many, if not all, of these benefits is those who fear him. Now, lest you think that word fear means to live in terror or dread of God, that's not what it means. Although you probably should uh, if you don't know him. Uh, But it literally means reverence, respect, and serve him. So you fear him by revering him, by respecting and by serving him. And also it's to those who keep his covenant and do his commands. So there are conditions attached to many of the promises of God. All right, so in this amazing psalm, David's reminding himself to bless the Lord and not forget all his benefits. Now, when I was thinking about that this week, the question that came to my mind is, all right, bless the Lord. How does a person bless the Lord? How do you do that? How do I, what's it look like for me to bless the Lord? Well, evidently David had the same question because in Psalm 116, verse 12 through 13, he asked the question and then he answers it. 
He says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What should I give him? Then he answers like this, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. So here's David. His heart is full of of gratitude. Uh, And maybe he's just already, maybe he's just written Psalm 103. I don't know. But he's thinking about all of God's amazing benefits to him. And he feels this pressing impulse, this need, this strong desire to repay him for all the blessings he received. It's natural. To, you, know, you want to return a favor to some, someone who gives you a favor. So he says, well, how can I respond to God's love and graciousness? Well, David quickly, quickly realizes the difficulty of doing that. What do you give someone who has it all? What do you give? How, how can you repay someone who has it all? Maybe you're struggling with that question right now. You're thinking about making out your Christmas gifts lists, your shopping lists, and, and you think, all right, man, my parents and my grandparents, you know, they've lived long enough. They've got everything they ever want or ever need. They've already bought it. What do you get for them? So what do you get for somebody that's got it all, all already? Can you, can you imagine having somebody like, somebody like Bill Gates on your Christmas shopping list? <laughs> what do you get somebody like that? You give them a MacBook Pro, right? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> or Jeff Bezos. Give him an Amazon gift card. You know, just simple, right? But David comes to this conclusion that it's impossible to adequately repay God for all that he gives. And so having nothing to give... David recognizes that the only possible return to God is the acceptance of all that God wants to give to us. And so strange as it may sound, maybe the best way to return the favor and to repay God for all of his blessings is just by thankfully receiving and taking all the blessings that he gives to us. You say, well, how can that honor God? How can we honor him by taking and not giving? Well, it's because God's all-sufficient. He doesn't need anything from anybody. He has everything. We have nothing. So what can we give to God? Well, the only thing that we can give to God is what God first gives to us. And so if you don't receive anything from God, what do you have to give? And so the first off, the first thing we need to do, to do is, is receive. Just take from God. And so everything we have comes from God first anyway, doesn't it? So all the talents, so I'll give my talent to God. Where'd that come from? Well, God gave you your talent. The gifts, God gave them to you. I'll give him my love. Where does love come from? The scripture says we love him because he first loved us. It comes from him, so we give it to him. We say, I'll give my life to him. Well, where's your life come from? It comes from God. So everything we must take from God in order then to be able to give back to God. And so how do, how do you give thanks and blessings to God? Well, you take what he gives you. You receive it from him. Now, another even greater reason to take and receive from the Lord 
is the fact that he is love. He is love. Remember how often in that text that we just read, steadfast love is mentioned? Verse 3, he crowns you with steadfast love, faithful love. He abounds, verse 8, in steadfast love. His steadfast love is as high as the heavens above the earth, verse 11. His steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting. It never ends. He is love. And love delights in giving. If you guys and and ladies know the five love languages, one of those is gifts. My wife's love language is gifts. She likes those. God takes great pleasure in expressing his love in giving. And there's no ulterior motive in God's giving. He doesn't have, it's not I'm going to give you so that I can get something back. No, he doesn't need anything. So it's his desire just to bless us. That's why he gives. And so he gives to bless. And he asks, the only thing he asks is in return is that we express our heart of love back to him for his heart of love and blessing and giving to us. So he's glad when we take this full cup of blessings and call upon his name. So take from God. Maybe this season we should possibly call it thanks-taking. Oh, we, we already have a season like that, don't we? Called Christmas. <laughs> but maybe we can call it thanks-taking slash thanksgiving. And uh, just take from God and then give thanks for what he's given to us. And so he says, David says, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation. Now that word salvation, literally in the original, uh, is plural. It's salvations. I will take the cup of salvations. The word means deliverances, benefits, blessings. I'll take the cup of blessings and deliverances. And David appears to view his entire life, his lot in life, as a cup. And he says, my life, my cup, is full of the goodness and the blessings of God and all the deliverances that he has given to me. In fact, in Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6, David says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. And he says, it's pretty good what God has given me. He says, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. So David sees his life as a cup full of the goodness and blessings of God. And he understands God has been good to me. God's been for me. Can I ask you this morning, and you answer yourself, and be honest, do you really believe that God is for you? Or are there times that you feel like, maybe maybe he's against me? Is God really for you? Today I want you to realize that God is absolutely for you. 100%. He wants the very best for you. And so David saw his cup as as being full of the faithfulness of God. God always keeps his promises. 
God always is with you as you encounter the various experiences of life. David saw that the cup of his life was full of God's deliverances from all the traps and the threats and the evil intent of all of his enemies. You see, David's life wasn't always pleasant. King Saul got jealous of David and tried his very best on many, many occasions to try to kill David. And so if you see David at points in his life, uh, you see him hiding and running and trying to elude the very best assassins that, uh, that Israel had that were intent upon taking his life at the command of, of King Saul. And so David looks back on that and he says, oh, thank God, I'm, I'm just going to take the cup of deliverances that God has given to me. God has been faithful in my life. So he says, it's been pleasant. Not all pleasant, but my lines have fallen and ended up in pleasant places. Now for some, their lot in life, their personal cup of salvations, may appear to not be as full of blessings as they'd like. In fact, uh, some of their life circumstances appear to be bad rather than good. However, it's not uncommon for us to come to recognize a blessing disguised as a difficulty until after it has long passed us. And then when looking back much later, we discern that we missed thanking God for one of the greatest blessings in our lives. We were blind to it at the moment because of our tears. We didn't see it because of all the suffering that we were going through at that time. Maybe because of the difficulty of that season. But later, we look back and say, God, I never did thank you for that. Forgive me for, again, referring to a personal experience, but in my case, in everyone's case, Cancer is not in any way pleasant. I can honestly say that I don't consider any of the circumstances related to my diagnosis as something that I would sign up for again. No way. Surgery was not pleasant. It never is. The chemo treatments were okay uh, because thanks in large part to one of the nurses that was here at first service this morning, Linda Anaya, uh, administered. She's a, such a pleasant, um, enthusiastic, encouraging, over-the-top lady. The treatments weren't bad, just the after effects of chemo that really stunk. Um, not pleasant at all. The um, radiation treatments, not fun, especially when you got down toward the end of those and the area that they were treating... Um, looked and felt like something had been left in the microwave for about 10 minutes too long. Um, and so none of that was a cup that I enjoyed uh, that part of my life. However, in retrospect, I believe that experience in my life contributed in part to an unprecedented spirit of unity in our church. After the second chemo treatment, my um, hair started coming out in clumps. <clears throat> and yes, I did have hair. <laughs> so I decided to go ahead and just shave it off. 
Well, the first time back in church the following Sunday, I was met by several men of our church, including Pastor Chris, Bob Hahn, and I believe his son Isaiah, and others, who had shaved their heads as a sign of support for me. That was an overwhelming display of love that touched me deeply. And I'll never forget that. And so for me today, I'm going to count it. I'm going to count that as one of the blessings from God. Because it turned out to be a blessing. In obedience to James chapter 1 verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now I'm sure that many of you also have circumstances that you don't initially perceive as blessings. But now looking back on it, you can say, I'm going to count that because it turned out to be a blessing, my benefit. May God help us to develop an attitude, a joyous attitude toward all of life. Because sometimes we need the bitter along with the sweet to make us the kind of person that God wants us to be. If you want confirmation of that, read the rest of James chapter 1. This is what trials produce in us. So David is saying, we repay God for all his benefits by taking all that he gives us. So take what God gives you today. Take it, even if you don't believe that you deserve it. Because we don't. You say, I don't deserve it. No, just take it. God gives it to you. Take it even if you believe that God has already given you so much. A week or so ago, maybe two or three weeks ago now, someone gave me something. And before taking it, I told them, you don't need to do anything. You've already blessed me so much. I I, I don't need that. Just take it back. And the response was this. Just take it. That's what God says to us. Just take it. Just take it. All the blessings. Don't ever be that person who says, God, you've forgiven me so much. That's enough already. I'm not going to take any more forgiveness. You do that, you're in trouble. God, you've already healed me so many times. Yeah, you don't need to heal me anymore. Don't ever say that. God, you've blessed me with, with such a wonderful life. You, you don't have to give me more life. No, we'll attend your funeral. God just goes on and says, just take it. In fact, Take eternal life. I offer you as one of the benefits, life everlasting. Take it. Just take it. Did you know that one of the greatest dishonors you can do to a giver is to neglect or fail to take the gift that he offers? Don't dishonor God by saying, no, I've had enough. Just take it. Because his heart of love is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give to you. So honor God by receiving with a grateful heart the things that he has and is so lovingly and freely given, giving to you. What does the Apostle Paul say? 
He says, if God is for us. Now, a few minutes ago, I asked you, is God for you? Yes, he is for you. If you want to know why he's for you and not against you, it's because of this. He loves you so deeply that Paul says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him also graciously give us all things? God is for you, and he loves you supremely, loves you so much that he, he sent his only begotten son to the world to redeem us. With, along with his son, Paul says, he will give you all things. He will give you blessings upon blessings. And so we honor God at this Thanksgiving season by receiving the benefits that he has given to us. Take them all. Just take it. Take salvation. The greatest Savior the world's ever given, the only Savior, is Jesus Christ and his blood that cleanses from all sins. Find your forgiveness of sins today. Who heals your diseases. He offers that. Receive his spirits into your life that gives, gives you life and gives you power. Gratefully enter into the eternal life that, that he offers. Don't leave any of the blessings of God lying unclaimed. Take the blessings. Take the overflowing cup of salvations. Why be empty when you can, when you can be full? Amen? Why remain weak when you can be strong? Why be bowed down with misery when you can be filled with the joy of the Lord? Why be poor and needy when you can have awe and abound? You can choose to make the best of your circumstances by receiving all that God freely gives you, or you can impoverish yourself by just leaving unclaimed the benefits our Lord offers you. If you do that, just don't complain about how empty your life is. If you just not avail yourself of the fullness that he offers, don't complain about it. But today, just openly receive what he gives to you. Would you stand with me this morning? When you receive the cup of salvations, deliverances, benefits, blessings, all those listed in our theme chapter, and the ones that I urge you to go home and begin to list in addition to these, when you receive these cups, remember from whom they come and thankfully call upon the name of the Lord. So what I'm asking you to do today is enjoy God as you enjoy his blessings. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today that you so graciously pour out upon us so much. And today, God, help us to realize that you do it because you love us supremely and you want to bless us above everything. So, God, we receive it today at your hand. Thank you so much that you're a God of love, a God of grace and mercy. Forgive us of our sins. Heal us of our diseases. Lord, just continue to pour upon us the blessings that you offer us today. And we receive those 
with a grateful and a thankful spirit. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.